as the UN ambassador, you literally Bring it, put $50,000 on curtains. You got bad information. Do your yes. homework, Tim, because Obama bought those curtains. Did you send them back? It's in the press. Did you send them back? It's the State Department. Did you send them Did back? You send them back? You're the one that works in Congress. Oh, my gosh. You get it You done. hung them on your, your, your curtains. I, they your were curtains. there before I even showed up at the residence. You here's, are here's scrapping. A, here's you a, are scrapping. I'm not scrapping. You know here's, I bought taxes. And it just got dumber from there. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, also in California in Red Bluff and Redding and on KFOI and Round Mountains KKRN. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW, Lanchester, Pennsylvania's W News, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, in Columbus, Ohio, on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico, on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle, on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF, and a whole bunch of other fine terrestrial stations across this beautiful land of ours. We also stream coast-to-coast coast and around the globe every day on the internets, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, Detour Talk, and most of your favorite podcast sites. Blanketing planet Earth. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us for another Bradcast special coverage episode. Our excellent panelists will join us momentarily. It was the 2024 GOP presidential primary debate, number two on Wednesday night. Emphasis, I think, on number two. It was at the Ronald Reagan Library in Simi Valley, California, not far from us out here in Los Angeles. It featured seven theoretical candidates for the 2024 Republican Party nomination. And since we may not get the chance to mention some of them over the course of the next hour or so, I will quickly do so now. The seven who met the RNC's criteria and were invited... On Wednesday night, include former Vice President Mike Pence, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former South Carolina Governor and U.S. Ambassador to the U.N., Nikki Haley, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, supposed businessman Vivek Ramaswamy, and North Dakota's Governor Doug Burgum. And since it would be nice to say something about him, I will just note here that... Uh, if I saw him and had no idea what his name was, I might guess Doug Burgum. That's all I can say <laughs> for the moment about him. 
Uh, former Arizona Governor Asa Hutchinson, who was at the first debate, apparently did not meet the criteria for the second one, and neither did the apparent frontrunner for the GOP nomination. That would be disgraced former president and four-time criminally indicted Donald Trump, who reportedly, in addition to not wanting to show up and answer questions, even from Fox News, is apparently so loyal to the Republican Party that he refuses to sign their loyalty pledge to support whoever may be nominated by Republican voters next year. The debate was hosted by Fox News and, interestingly, Univision, which led to what I think was my favorite part of the evening when moderator Stuart Varney attempted to introduce his fellow moderators, Dana Perino of Fox and Ilya Calderon from Univision. The stage is set for a showdown. I'm Stuart Varney of Fox Business, and I am thrilled to be sitting alongside my co-moderators, Fox News Channel Dana Perino and Ilya Calderon, Cal uh, 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 Univision. <laughs> Good, Good evening. evening. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Stuart. <laughs> Well, anyway, no one ever said pandering to Hispanic voters for the first time was going to be easy. Am I right, Fox News? Ilya Calderon, by the way, was pretty fierce. And in truth, Perino and Varney were not terrible, at least if scaring the hell out of Americans with made-up Fox News horror stories of border invasions and rampant nonstop crime in the streets and your kids receiving secret sex reassignment surgery happens to be your bag. Several of Donald Trump's rivals stepped up their attacks against him in Wednesday's second Republican presidential debate, urgently trying to dent the former president's commanding primary lead during an event that often seemed like an undercard without him, as described by AP. Trump went to Michigan, aiming to capitalize on the auto workers' strike by meeting with managers at a non-union facility in a red county near Detroit in a key state that could help decide the general election. Now, AP did not mention the part about the non-union facility, but I thought it would be both responsible and accurate to do so for you. His competitors, meanwhile, were asked by Fox Business moderators at the Ronald Reagan Library in California to participate in a reality show style game where they would write who else on stage they would vote, quote, off the island. They mustered up whatever remaining dignity they could find and refused. The moderators, of course, did not ask about Trump's four criminal indictments on 91 felony counts or the extraordinary finding of fraud against the former president and his family and his company by a New York court, stripping him of much of his business empire in a $250 million fraud suit just one day before the debate. Not relevant. Didn't come up. Nor did they ask why the people on stage were actually better qualified than him. Instead, they posed actual questions about actual issues or stuff that suffices for issues on Fox News, including education, economic policy, the U.S.-Mexico border, says AP. Quote, he should be on stage tonight, said Florida Governor Ron DeSantis about Donald Trump desperately trying to revive his own flailing campaign. Quote, he owes it to you to defend his record where they added $7.8 trillion to the debt. That set the stage for the inflation we have now, said DeSantis in a clip that the 
Biden-Harris campaign immediately turned into a campaign ad posted to Twitter before the night was even over, along with a comment from Joe reading, quote, couldn't agree more. Uh, several others blistered Trump for not showing up. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, who has built his campaign around criticizing Trump, said the former president, quote, hides behind the walls of his golf clubs and won't show up here to answer questions like all the rest of us. Even Vivek Ramaswamy, who has declared Trump to be the best president of the 21st century, not difficult, there's only been three or four, distanced himself and argued that he, Vivek, was a natural successor, which is true if he means succeeding him as a scamming flimflam artist businessman, or even when he explained why he should just start ignoring the 14th Amendment of the Constitution when it came to things like citizenship for people born in this country, a point which was Difficult to understand over one of many indecipherable arguments that broke out throughout the evening. These are good people who are tainted by a broken system. And it's not the fault I, I you of anybody who's involved. Some of us are tainted with bottom line. Excuse me. Line. Excuse me. Thank you for speaking while I'm interrupted. Literally. While I'm speaking. Literally. You said bottom If I may finish, you can't be on both sides. Gentlemen, you'll have your turn. One of the challenges we should have a focus on the issues that matter. We know business in China. Everybody knows that. If I may, if Let's I may focus address, on holding Joe Biden accountable. That's what we need to be I actually agree on. with Ron DeSantis. speak at the same time, no one can understand exactly. Well, that went well. Did, did you get all that? Nikki Haley um, didn't single out Trump quite as much, but instead picked multiple fights with Ramaswamy, who she hilariously seems to despise with the heat of a thousand glowing white hot suns. Noting at one point in one of several tiffs with him throughout the night. Honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say. <laughs> she will get no debate from me either about what he says or how dumb she is. Haley also fought several times, as you heard at the top of the show, with Senator Tim Scott, her fellow South Carolinian, who she actually placed into the U.S. Senate by choosing him to fill an open U.S. Senate seat some years ago. For his part, Scott, who just days ago called for violating pretty much every labor law in the nation by vowing as president to fire tens of thousands of striking auto workers who work at private companies, well, he pretended on Wednesday that he knew all along that uh, that, that wasn't actually legal during his opening remarks before he and most of the others on stage went on to seemingly attack union workers despite pretending since Trump's rise that the GOP was the party of the forgotten working class. Well, forget about that, I guess. Then some other stuff happened over the next two hours, though I'm not sure if any of it matters in the least. Joining us now to help figure that out, uh, or at least to feel a little bit dumber for what I say, is, <laughs> as always, our producer, Desi Doyen. Hey there, Desi Doyen. Hey, I am here. You are, barely, <laughs> I know. Sorry to make you slog through all of that and pull sound clips from that madness. And there was so much to slog through. And a couple of our uh, favorite post-debate special coverage panelists and old-school bloggers who have been Almost right about pretty much everything for the last 20 years or so, <laughs> even as the corporate media has been the opposite of that. 
First up, from the cornfields of Flyover County, Illinois, as he likes to say on his weekly professional left podcast, the one and only Drift Glass, also known as Mr. Electrico, on the site still known as Twitter or sometimes simply as Bill. Oh, Drifty, welcome back, my friend, to the show that never ends. Oh, delighted to be here. Delighted to have you here. And, of course, we are joined, as almost always, by our longtime post-debate special coverage champion, the one and only much-beloved founder of the Hullabaloo blog and award-winning Salon.com columnist, Heather Digby-Parton. Oh, Digby, thank you for joining us again as well. My pleasure. Glad to be here. Well, as I'm sure you all can tell, I was wildly impressed with the goings-on at the Reagan <laughs> Library on Wednesday. Weren't we all? Uh, though in one yeah. sense, i got to say what I was most struck by was that I seemed to be entering into an imaginary world where Republicans actually pretend to care about some issues, often really dumb and you know frequently made-up issues, some of them terrifying where nonstop crime is rampant across the country schools are falling apart the nation is being invaded by an army of mexican drug lords everything is a disaster but nonetheless issues uh that they otherwise have no real interest it seems in actually governing on uh but that you know, sort of did a swell job of distracting us for two hours from the plain fact that the republican party is currently planning to nominate a con man for president of the United States who was not even there and is facing 91 criminal counts and the likely loss of his entire fraudulently built business empire. And frankly, I feel like I am laundering their lies by devoting an hour of my airtime to their con on the American people after what amounted to a free two-hour commercial to help pretend that the GOP is not an insane Trump-captured party with no interesting interest in governing whatsoever. So, how did you feel about the debate, Heather? <laughs> well, I mean, I agree with you, and I, I think the pretense didn't work, obviously, because, you know, there is this big orange elephant in the middle of the room, whether they talk about him or not and half the stuff that they said if you could actually hear any of it through the constant bickering <laughs> yes. on stage yes. um was you know a lot of this is really extreme off i mean yeah it's an issue but their 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 discussion about it was was you know horrifying i mean absolutely horrifying and and, the, and that's what passes for mainstream republican ideology mm -hmm. these days i mean the truth is is that they can pretend and they were i agree with you completely they mm -hmm. were kind of going, okay this is here's the republican party aren't they nice and normal look at all of them we will pretend we don't have the orange you know elephant with the blonde tuft on its head sitting and, over and, here and pretend in the corner. that we're talking about you know issues that we care about that we're going to govern care on about. yes right i mean they they sit there they, they can sit there and pretend that and they're in the reagan library and the 747 is sitting there behind them and yep. it's fox news but you know they they weren't that is not happening in the real campaign that is not what the campaign is about right. it isn't about any of these so-called issues it's about that elephant that's sitting over in the corner that's the center of of the campaign and all the things that you said about him are true he is a con man who is under indictment in four different jurisdictions he has 91 
uh, felony in indictments uh, pending against him. Mm -hmm. He was just found guilty of massive fraud yep. in the state of New York and may lose his much vaunted, you know, allegedly billionaire business over it. Yeah. And yet Fox News did not ask one question about it. They they did not now and you know what? I, I saw somebody on TV earlier saying that they were that somebody was there, you know, and were asking some of these advisors. They had prepared all the candidates in their debate prep for answering these questions. They were all they thought that there was going to be a question about it. Yeah. But no, there wasn't a question well, about I, it. And they and you know, I mean they and not that they offered anything, right? Exactly. I mean they could have spoken up at any moment. But nonetheless, it was astonishing that you're just sitting there going, wow, this is Fox News. This is this is an alternate universe. This yes. is bizarro world where Donald Trump is not in any trouble. In fact, tonight, Donald Trump doesn't exist. And we're just going to talk about this as if it's just, it's, it, he's, he's been vaporized into, into for, some other dimension. For two hours. And frankly, had he not been the leading candidate, had he just been one, you know, one of the, the schmoes on the stage, it still would have been worth bringing up all of the criminal trouble that he is facing. This yes. enormous fraud case, not 24 hours earlier in which the judge stripped him of his, <laughs> his his all of his you know millions of dollars of business assets didn't even come up it is just mind-boggling they're uh, supposedly running against him i mean right. they're supposedly running against him and they didn't bring any of that up all they said was he's you know we're going to call him donald duck because he's not here tonight that was it you know that was the that was the end of all donald trump discussion Dr uh, drift glass after the debate last night i i tweeted i'm sorry i mean i xed Quote, I am not altogether clear as to why the Republican Party is holding a presidential debate for candidates they don't intend to support for president. Now, you answered back, quote, here's a hint, and you pointed to a Wikipedia page on cargo cults. Now, I read it, but I'm not sure I'm any clearer on that hint, but I will bite. Would you like to elucidate? And also, how did you feel about the debate last night? Well, I feel about it that the state of the Republican Party today absolutely required a really futile and stupid gesture be done on somebody's part, and these were just the guys to do it. Mm. <laughs> they fulfilled everything I thought they would do. They sat on the stage and talked about nothing. They addressed issues that the base does not care at all about uh, with hilarious results. Uh, at the breaks, I cut back and forth between, and for my sins, I cut back and forth between the debate coverage and Newsmax, mm -hmm. uh, where Mercedes Schlapp was scolding them for attacking that good, good man, Donald Trump. And mm. it's all over. It's all done, et cetera. Um, so that was the, that, that's how I gleaned some entertainment from this, by mm -hmm. sort of dipping out into the deep end of the crazy pool. Uh, the cargo cult thing is basically an act of sympathetic magic. It's... Um, for those who don't know, it's in the South Pacific, during, especially during World War II. Um, the Japanese and Americans both used islands to move things through the Pacific. Mm -hmm. And the local uh, native populations came to depend on these great big planes coming down from the sky and giving them amazing things, manufactured clothes and food. And then they all went away. And these cults developed a ritual of trying to draw the sky gods back mm. by building <laughs> fake planes and and dressing up in military uniforms and marching around like soldiers so that 
they would invoke the, the thing that had made them great to come back from the sky. I looked at the giant plane that was hanging over their heads <laughs> and looked at these people pretending to debate, like going through the ritual of a debate, which is in no way a debate, will decide nothing. And as everyone knows, is completely meaningless. And it really was these sort of tired, broken down, destroyed political party, the remnants of that party, yeah. going through a ritual that they feel they must perform mm. to do the thing. They even invoked Reagan yes. like a thousand times. So and I thought he was total running Reagan office, worship. Yeah, no, yeah, like it, he was going to come out thought, of that Air Force <laughs> One that was hanging from yeah. the ceiling. And yeah. yeah. With John F. But Kennedy were, Jr., no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, well, side by side. Well, yeah, and and, 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 and because, you know, uh, Bobby Kennedy wasn't killed and John Kennedy wasn't killed. They're living right. on an island. They vote Republican. They run mm-hmm. QAnon. Yeah. It, it is it, – I was watching the performance of an empty ritual uh, designed to do a thing that was no longer possible, performed by people who all knew it was meaningless. And I thought to myself, this should not be called a GOP primary debate. It should be called a GOP secondary debate because everyone mm. there is fighting over second place. Yeah. None of these people mm. are going to be the candidate. And, and it was this bizarre universe where everyone knows what the joke is. It, it really is like watching Fox News to a certain degree. Everyone knows they're lying. Everyone knows what they're saying is BS. Everyone in the audience, presumably the smarter people, are aware that they're being lied to. And nobody cares because it's it's the game, it's the ritual, it's how yeah. you get attention on television. So that's yeah. what I meant by that. Smartly done. Yeah, uh, I Very. I get it. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, and I think they're going to do it again in uh, oh, yeah. five weeks' time. Uh, let's yep. let's talk about that bizarre universe that they pretend to be living in, uh, Heather. You like me, you live here in Southern California, and after watching that debate, frankly, I got to tell you, I am terrified. Violent crime is apparently uh, rampant everywhere. Here was just one example last night from Ron DeSantis. Well, the crime in these cities is is one of the strongest signs of the decaying of America. We can't be successful as a country if people aren't even safe. Just being in Southern California over the last couple of days, my wife and I have met three people who have been mugged on the street, and that would have never happened 10 or 20 years ago. When I had two progressive prosecutors that weren't following the law in Florida, I removed them from their post, and the people of Florida are safer as a result of it. As president, I will use the Justice Department to bring civil rights cases against all of those left-wing Soros-funded prosecutors. We're not going to let them get away with it anymore. We want to reverse this country's decline. We need to choose law and order over rioting and disorder. Well, sounds bad. Now, mm-hmm. never mind that uh, DeSantis is bragging about removing elected officials without any due process in Florida. But uh, to the to this comments about Southern California, where you and I both live, Heather, I've lived here for 30 years. I do not recall having ever met anyone who has been mugged here, much less in the last, you know, three of them in the last day or two. Is it just me or do I need to get out more? <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, I have I'm the same. I have not run into this problem. Um, And, you know, the idea that there is I mean, I even walk around at night all by myself, if you can believe that. And I live right in the city like, you know, like as you do. Um, One of the things that I and I tweeted this or Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I X'd it uh, last (laughs) night. Um, 
when uh, when he said that because he said that in Florida they don't have this problem and he compared it to San Francisco, LA and I think as Portland or Seattle in the in the debate and I went and looked as we were watching this thing for the statistics that is a lie. What? I know you'll be shocked <laughs> to hear this, but Miami and Jacksonville, Florida have much higher crime rates than LA, San Francisco, or Seattle. Hmm. So, you know, his, his, this typically for them, he's trying to present Florida as some kind of Valhalla. And, and the fact is, is that it's just another big state with all the same problems, but a horrible governor who he later went on to show He's telling sick people to go work for a living because they're not going to help him out. And he basically said that when he was asked about health care costs and insurance costs. Florida is turning into a hellscape because of this guy. And here he is complaining about California and Oregon and Washington. And it's all a lie. I'm starting to have second thoughts about my support for Ron DeSantis at this point. <laughs> Me too. Uh, I just, I just, I loved him so much before and now it's just, yeah. it's really gone down. Yeah. Dr Drift glass, uh, America's top villains apparently are progressive prosecutors who do yeah. not prosecute crimes. And George Soros, who has apparently funded all of them, placed them there. So a, does that nonsense actually work with voters? And B, if so, what should be the Democrats' response to it, if any? Well, I, I, I subsect voters into Republican voters, mm -hmm. uh, Democratic voters, mm -hmm. and the largely imaginary independent voters who are Republicans who don't want to say they're Republicans because they'll get yelled at, so they pretend they're independent. Mm. And yeah, it works with Republican voters, sure, because they want to believe anything. They'll believe anything you tell them. The Fox people, the the right wing radio people, the Gingrich politicians, the billionaires have spent a lot of money and a lot of time creating a doomsday machine with no off switch. That that they will believe anything anybody on the suit tells them on the right is must be true. Anything that we on the left tell them that debunks that must be part of the deep state conspiracy. Mm. So yeah, no, I'm sure it works with those voters. And so what? what how do you respond to that? How did Democrats uh, respond to that? Well, uh, other than getting a time machine and going back and building a liberal media <laughs> that is as big and loud as Fox News, I, I mentally, I just write off Republican voters altogether. I don't think they're reachable anymore. I don't think you can appeal to their reason. I think they'll tell you that to your face. And I think you go very hard after getting as many people registered to vote. They do what Taylor Swift did. You mm. get people to vote. You get people registered to vote. You bring them into the process. You try to find... Like the the line from the Untouchables, you know, if the if the if the apple barrel is rotten, go to the tree. Mm. Start getting more people who are not involved in politics generally into the conversation. Very. Because persuading Republicans is just a lost cause. Mm. Well, smart point. Um, all right, after uh, about fifteen years of pretending to oppose big government coming between patients <laughs> and their doctors. Mike Pence vowed last night to sign a federal law that would nationally ban doctors from providing health care to transgender people. Here was Vivek Ramaswamy and then Pence talking about this. 
Transgenderism, especially in kids, is a mental health disorder. You had to have a permission slip from your parents to get a Tylenol, but you could get a gender transition plan without notifying your parents. We're going to stand up for the rights of parents, and we're going to pass a federal ban on transgender chemical or surgical surgery anywhere in the country. We've got to protect our kids from this radical gender ideology agenda. The radical gender ideology agenda. Heather, uh, is there in fact thousands or, or millions of children, as they all seem to agree on Wednesday, who are secretly changing their gender identity at school without telling their parents? Is that a thing by, uh, you know, by medical professionals that the federal government needs to step in and, and ban? Well, of of course not. I mean, I don't know if kids are changing their gender identity going, you know, teenagers going back and forth in school and, you know, playing around with this. That's entirely possible. There is there are zero, zero teenagers who are getting transgender surgery or any kind of of, you know, medication uh-huh. or medical intervention without their parents knowing. Where would that happen? Where can a minor go to get that kind of surgery without their parents knowing about it? It's absurd. And, you know, you'll notice that what he said, and Ramaswamy did the same thing. Ramaswamy said, especially with kids. And Pence didn't, you know, specify that it was just kids, although in the context of his comments, that may be what he meant. But I'm telling you, Donald Trump has said the same thing. And, you know, I'm beginning to think maybe it's not a slip of the tongue. Mm. But they're talking about banning transgender surgery. Correct. They Correct. are talking about across the board yep. for adults, yep. not just kids. Correct. And, you know, as and, and the fact is, is that, you know, of course, as you point out, the kids, their parents are making this decision. The supposed parents' right move, rights movement. Remember that? Yep. I mean, you can't read a book anymore without your parents having to peer over your shoulder and say it's OK <laughs> yes. before you can do it. But gosh, you know, help you if if, you know, you you want to, I don't know, go to school and, you know, wear some eye makeup well, or something. You know, that's that's going to be we're going to have to have a full school board meeting God, over that. God help you if your parents decide wrong. I mean, you're right. They're not allowed to. But uh, as long as the parents, you know, decide the way they want them to. It's parents' rights as long as the parents do exactly what Republicans direct them that they are allowed to do. That's it. All right. uh, Before we get to a break here, um, speaking of breaks, uh, drift glasses in my imagination or were the commercials during that debate on Fox, Weird. even more insane uh, <laughs> than what was on the stage. There was there was ads for prayer apps. There were Christian healthcare spots, jobs in <laughs> South Dakota, the freest state in the nation. There was ads sure. to support uh, Ukraine against Russia. And I like that one, except for the dumb China bashing that was in it. Uh, an ad opposing a Biden FDA ban on menthol menthol cigarettes because it would yeah. empower Mexican drug cartels and several <laughs> really long ads for TikTok, even as all of the Fox hosts and all of the Fox candidates were beating up on TikTok all night. It just felt like stepping through the looking glass or something. And I, I, I well, I don't know that I have a question there, but I thought maybe you'd like to <laughs> like to comment. <laughs> uh well, I, I skipped away from the commercials around the time that oh, I was yeah, being that's told right. that Mexican drug lords are smuggling, you know, Newports into America, which yes. is, you know, <laughs> terrifying, uh, over to Newsmax, where I was told that 
uh, all evidence shows that Joe Biden is owned by China. Yes. So it, it's a completely immersive experience. You know oh, that the yeah. Sphere show out in out in Las Vegas? It's that. It's entirely immersive from commercials to the lunatic hosts to the guests to, to the issues they tackle. It's, it's one giant immersive experience, and you just swam in it for two hours, and I hope you showered real good after that. Oh, man. Uh <laughs> Yes. There isn't enough soap. Correct. (laughs) Actually, I think I do have a question, uh, Bill. You're you're in Illinois. I'm on the elitist West Coast. So Mm -hmm. is that why I don't usually see that stuff? Is that what you guys see all the time on TV and what you describe as flyover country? Is that that what you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. I lived in Chicago for 25 years. Uh I was never mugged. Uh, I had a car stolen a few times. I was Hmm. never mugged. Hmm. Um, but yeah, the commercials down here run that way. We have two major AM stations or one AM FM. You can get uh, uh, Hugh Hewitt on one, mm-hmm. uh, and you can get uh, the Rush Limbaugh leftovers on the other. Yep. And so much variety. Tend to run. Oh, yeah. Oh, you get it all. Yep. There, there was one liberal guy on radio. He retired and replaced by garbage. The, the ads tend to run to gun shows, gun giveaways. Um, you can get Dana Lash anytime you want during the day or night. Yeah. So you know, I am, yeah, go ahead. Oh, please. No, I'm, I'm intimately familiar on up-close, elbow-level um, um, awareness of how actual Republicans are out here in the real world, I- and they bear no resemblance to the pundits' discussion of how Republicans are uh, in their theoretical universe. I wish it was only out there in the Midwest, but every mm-hmm. uh, inch of this country, every rural area, every major city, including out here in Los Angeles, good luck finding a non-wingnut on on your uh, public airways. Oh, yeah. If you happen to find oh, us, yeah. uh, boy, you like you've struck gold. But good luck finding <laughs> us. Uh, I mean, it's just it's it's. It's shameful. These are our public airwaves. All right, before we get to a break here, uh, since I mentioned TikTok, um, Stuart Varney and and most of the rest of the candidates on the stage, they chided Vivek Ramaswamy for being on TikTok, which they suggest is an enormous spying tool of China. I guess maybe they're jealous. It should be a spying tool of Google instead, but uh, or, or maybe they're grooming our or children Russia. or Russia. It's it's very confusing. Anyway, Ramaswamy uh, responded in part this way: We need to win elections, and part of how we win elections is reaching the next generation of young Americans where they are. So when I get into office, I've been very clear: kids under the age of social under the age of sixteen should not be using addictive social media. We're only going to ever get to declaring independence from China, which I favor, if we actually win. This is infuriating because TikTok <laughs> is one of the most dangerous social media apps yes, that is. we could have. And what you've got, I honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say. This China is very important for our exactly party. What they're this doing. is exactly what they You're now me. wanting kids to go and get on the social media that's dangerous for all of no. us. We can't trust you. I think we would be better served as a Republican Party if we're not sitting here hurling personal insults. <laughs> so I, I mostly just wanted to play that <laughs> because I found it hilarious that Vivek, who idolizes Donald Trump, called him the greatest president of the 21st century. I mean, there's only been, you know, four and, and two of them were Democrats, so that's not really that big of a deal. But he loves Donald Trump, and yet he thinks we shouldn't be hurling insults <laughs> as Republicans. 
Are you kidding? Anyway, listen, we will uh, hurl some more insults ourselves after a quick break in our special coverage, uh, for some reason, of Wednesday night's second <laughs> pretend GOP presidential secondary debate at the Reagan Library with our special guest Digby and Driftglass and Desi. Right after this, I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening to the Bradcast with my apologies. <laughs> What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Where's Joe Biden? He's completely missing in action from leadership. And you know who else is missing in action? Donald Trump is missing in action. He should be on this stage tonight. He owes it to you to defend his record where they added $7.8 trillion to the debt. And I want to look at that camera right now and tell you, Donald, I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. I know you're watching, okay? And you're not here tonight, not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on this stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. Welcome back to our dumb special broadcast coverage of Wednesday night's stupid GOP presidential primary debate at the Reagan Library here in Southern California. I'm Brad Friedman with our not stupid at all special coverage 3D panel of Digby, Driftglass, and Desi Doyen. I guess that's 4D. Anyway, uh, hey, Heather, uh, how's, that, how's that whole Chris Christie is going to embarrass the hell out of Trump in these debates thing going? How's that going? for him yeah yeah oh it's going great i mean you know that donald Chris duck Christie, thing was dynamite yeah, the was, it? was that sharp or what and he was very proud of it i yeah. don't know if you noticed the yeah. the smug grin that he that he delivered after he after he delivered that fabulous yes, line but yes. you know i mean that's a, that's about it. it he you know he's ducking the debate he's not there he should be there he should be defending his record blah 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 and that's all he's saying he didn't mention the the fraud you know the mm -hmm. the fraud verdict he didn't mention the indictments he didn't mention the fact and you know this wouldn't be a hard thing for somebody on that stage to have said all they have to do is say look love donald trump who's my favorite best president ever he was great but you know the deep state and the democrats are hard after him he's <laughs> facing all these trials he's got the trial in new york he's got a trial in georgia he's got a trial in dc and he is he is under the gun and it's just it's just not right for him to be running for president Right now, we love him, we support him, we think it's great, but we really need to turn the page here. And he needs to concentrate on these legal problems and being able to fight the fight the Democrats. I mean, they could say that without without having to, you know, really put him down or do anything. Yeah. They can't even do that. They can't. Because they can't mention it. They can't mention the fact that this guy is a total criminal. I mean, and the reason for that is, is that these debates are appearing on Fox News. Fox News doesn't know about any of this. They're barely covering mm, this stuff. I yeah. mean, it is just really sort of back burner. Yeah, well, this happened and blah, blah. I mean, like the verdict that came out this week by the judge in, in the New York, New York yeah. civil case. 
nothing. I mean, it's just a tiny little blurb, just a little bit. And then deep state, deep state, you know, they hate him. You know, the judge hates him, et cetera. And then they move on because they're people. They don't really know the story. They don't know what's going on. And these people, these, these candidates, are too afraid to he, tell them. He did. They're too afraid to tell them. Uh, uh, Christy uh, did come up w- with this, though, which I think, well, go ahead and uh, number 12. If you're pro-life, you have to be pro-life for the entire life, not just the nine months in the womb. Now, I kind of mm-hmm. like that, obviously. Um, does it even matter that he said that at this point? That seems like he would lose more voters than win them. Am I wrong? No. That's not uh, that's not going to help them. In fact, the whole abortion, you know, discussion was was absolutely a train wreck for these people. You had Ron DeSantis defending the six week abortion ban and, and you know, talking about how any kind of of, uh, you know, sort of compromise on that was wrong. You have you know, this is any time that issue comes up, they are damaged by it. They have no they have absolutely no way out of that and there's nothing they can do and it was one of the few issues that that fox i think it was was what's her name um Ilya calderon yeah no it was the other one uh dana perino yeah dana perino brought up she brought up the question and and basically they just sort of they said a few you know i think DeSantis said that and then and then they asked um and then they said charter schools and lower taxes right and and then they just moved on to what they wanted to say because they do not (laughs) want to talk about that and for good reason, it is the most potent issue against them, and they know it. And yet, there you have DeSantis, and he's doubling down on this. He's saying, you know, we are, and he actually said something even stupider than Vivek Ramaswamy said <laughs> in another context. He said that he was he the pro-life position has been unfairly blamed for the losses in 2022, and that he, you know, that 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 he was voted in <laughs> the, the first time yeah. um, being a pro-life president and a pro-life governor. And that just proves, and he was able to take well, over and government. That actually, just proves how, I'm sorry. You know, he, no, he actually was saying, I thought, as I heard it, he was saying that uh, he was voted in the second time that he is his re-election yeah. last year, uh, despite the fact that he signed a six-week abortion ban, but he That's signed right. that after he was after yeah. he yeah. was elected yep. and certainly you know, and, and and he did it in the dead of night you know i mean yeah. he he signed that thing in the dead of night yep. he was trying to lie as they all do and suggest that the pro that six week abortion ban and the extremist right wing position is actually a big winner and they should roll with it so i'm all for that in fact i tweeted that i think good good for you i think that's a excellent and six excellent week ban policy. for everyone go for it please yeah. continue for, uh, no i mean just <laughs> yeah. a total ban let's not let's not oh, hold back let's do go. a total okay. ban the six week ban is for losers you please, know please <laughs> like, proceed you know, governors it's murder and and a genocide as we've go. been told for the last 50 years so you know, that's the least they can do. Go Bill, for it and see how the voters react. Uh, exactly. Bill, uh, well, it's up to you if you want to get in on that. I got a question about Mexico. Your choice. Which one would you like? Well, do you want to, yeah, go ahead. I mean, DeSantis, as my notes show me, I've got a whole book here, and I'm going to burn it as soon as this is done. Good idea. Um, <laughs> is uh, uh, Democrats are in favor of infanticide. Right. <laughs> and that is a line that has been used by a lot of Republicans. That yep. is Liz Cheney's line. Before Liz Cheney yeah. became everyone's hero, she was accusing Democrats of murdering children. 
up Donald to the moment. Yep. Yep. Up to no, the moment of birth. After they're born. After they're born. That's after, right. No, after, that's true. Yeah. After they're born, the Democrats, and this is this is ancient, ancient blood libel, evil crap. Yeah. And this is the button they push. You know, Democrats are murdering children. They're they're uh, castrating children. They're coming for your kids. And so every question, as quickly as possible on any subject that might be delicate, gets pivoted away to either tax cuts or Joe Biden is a husk of a man or Democrats are coming to kill and maim your children. And to to. And that's the party. That's the party they yeah. built. That's, yeah. that's what works. Now, let me uh, get to this, because there was a few points that were mentioned at, at the debate on Wednesday night, some of which were mentioned in the first debate as well, that I, I don't think we had time to cover back then. So I want to make sure that we at least, uh, you know, uh, uh, that, that we pull these out, because I think people need to, they kind of disappear. But mm-hmm. um, this is one of them that I think people need to make sure they heard correctly. DeSantis uh, he referred to this last time as well, uh, even more directly, I think. But if he becomes president, apparently, he will use the U.S. military to invade Mexico. About 90 percent of fentanyl is seized at official border crossings and 57 percent of the smugglers are U.S. citizens. How would you stop fentanyl brought into the country, mostly by U.S. citizens, through ports of entry? As commander-in-chief, I'm going to use the U.S. military to go after the Mexican drug cartels. They are killing our people. Now, never mind that Ilya Calderon, who, who did an excellent job, by the way, uh, noted mm-hmm. that the majority of these drugs are smuggled into the U.S. by U.S. citizens. But this is the second time in a debate that DeSantis promised to invade Mexico, Bill, to start a war with Mexico, I guess. Have people noticed that, or do they just not actually care? Uh, well, by people, I assume you mean Republican voters. I, I assume and anyone. I mean, this seems like it ought to be kind of headline news. You know, governor well, of Florida proposes invading Mexico. It, it would be headline news, but for the fact that Commander might have bitten a, a uh, Secret Service agent. <laughs> and that's just got to dominate the headlines for the next week or so. The dog, Biden's well, dog. Biden's yeah. wearing yeah. tennis dog. shoes, too. You yeah. know, he's got tennis yeah, shoes on, and we can't, you know, got to yeah. talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Get, those are the stories. I don't know where you're pulling this out of, Brad. He's, he's crazy, <laughs> you know. Those are the most important stories to the people. Right. And it really, you know, this this whole thing gets filtered through the smelly, wet sock of the mainstream media. So yeah. it should be. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things. I, I have notebooks full of things that should be headlines that aren't, which is why the, one of the mottos of our podcast is no fair remembering stuff. Yeah. Because it, it really is. You're, you're, you're violating a sacred rule of journalism to remember what somebody said a week ago or two mm. weeks ago. But, mm-hmm. yeah, he did promise to invade Mexico. And I guess he'll say Mexico will pay for it, maybe. That'll, that'll be great, too. <laughs> there you go. Good point. <laughs> uh, let me um, uh, pretty much uh, let me get one for Tazzy Doyen here. Uh, pretty much the only policy prescriptions last night, as I noted, were the same ones. You know, we've heard from the party for years that are the solution to every problem. That would be cut taxes even further end public education as we know it to replace public schools with for profit schools. Uh, I guess we have to add invade Mexico to the list now, but expand oil drilling and coal mining to all public lands. Here was Mike Pence on that last point last night. We became a net exporter of energy for the first time in 75 years. 
But on day one, Joe Biden declared a war on energy, which was no surprise because when Joe Biden ran for president, he said he was going to end fossil fuels. Uh, we're going to open up federal lands. We're going to unleash American energy. We're going to have an all of the above energy strategy. I believe in the next 10 years with the right policies and an experienced leadership in the White House, we can reclaim our role as the leading energy producer on earth, and that'll grow the American economy for generations to come. Okay, so, uh, Des, uh, your response, aren't we still a net exporter of now <laughs> and now the biggest energy producer in the world? Yes, yeah, so that's my good news for Mike Pence. Good news, dude. <laughs> Biden already did it. It's already happening. We're already, the U.S. is already the number one producer of oil and gas in the world and the number one exporter of oil and gas in the world. In fact, you know, it, it kind of goes back and forth, but right now we are energy independent, at least as far as the measurement of hey, we're exporting more than we're importing. But all of the nonsense from these Republicans, I mean, I have notes you're like, oh, this is delusional. This is not reality. You can't do that as president. That doesn't work. It does not work that way. So a lot of what they have to say, I think, is a lot of uh, old, recycled Republican talking points from, you know, like the 1990s and the 2000s. So, hey, at least they're recycling. There you go. Uh, <laughs> but really, it's a bunch of nonsense what they're talking about. And, of course, when they talk about we're going to put the U.S. in, uh, you know, make it when Pence says we're going to make it uh, pay off for the United States for decades to come. No, what they're talking about is making climate change as horrific as possible for all life on Earth. Well, but other than that. Yeah. How was the play, um, Mrs. Lincoln? There you go. Uh, let me. I got to get to a break here, uh, and so this will have to be quick. Uh, Digby, and actually, I'd like to get all of your thoughts on this uh, amid this insanity of the topics discussed, and let's call it debated uh, on Wednesday. What What was the message that you heard? Whether it was true or you know based in reality or not, but the message that you heard that you think will have the most resonance with Americans, frankly, of all political stripes. Uh, start with you, Digby. Well, I wish this wasn't what I think people will hear, assuming that they watch this thing at all, but I'm afraid it is, and it's largely because of the way it's filtered through the, uh, what did Dip Drip Bus call it, the, the dirty sock. The of smelly the wet sock smelly of the mainstream media, yes. Of the mainstream media, is that, you know, the country is in a complete devastated dystopian mm. hellscape and that we are absolutely in a horrifying shape and that nothing could be worse and it's worse than it's ever been and that the only thing we've got to change you know we've got to change completely or it's going to get worse that is what they were saying and that they have these you know alleged solutions to the problems and I'm afraid that that's how the mainstream media is going to reflect this sort of thing. Whether they come out with those solutions as being the answer, they, all they have to do is to set the agenda is to create, to continue to perpetuate this illusion that America is in a, you know, an absolute Dr dystopian hellscape. Drift and, uh, you know. Yeah, oh, I, I'm sorry to cut you off there because I got to get no. to a break. Uh, drift glass. Okay. I'll, I'll give you 15 seconds on it, my friend. <laughs> Uh, the opposite of the spectrum, because I agree with everything Bigby just said, mm -hmm. was 
uh, Nikki Haley proposing tort reform to fix the healthcare system. <laughs> but, man, that's some Paul Ryan stuff right there. That, that takes I love me back. Tort you know? But it does, but it does have resonance uh, to people who do not understand what that scam sure. is about. All right, I gotta get to a quick break here. Our last one. We'll have come back with some closing closing thoughts from our guests uh, Digby and Driftglass, and of course Desi. After a quick break on uh, what if anything any of this actually means for the two men who we think are likely to going to be running for president next year in November. I think I'm Brad Friedman. You're listening to the Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. Please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is supporting you and the things that you care about. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to counter the powerful corporate media echo chamber. Right now, as much as ever. If you choose to support us, you can do it really easily, safely, and quickly via brandblog.com donate. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. He's been there 12 years, and he hasn't done any of that. He well, hasn't. Geez. They've only given four ah, budgets well, on time in hey, 40 tax years. Tax he was part of that. Biggest, he increased the national debt. In he voted for the spending. You voted he has for, made you, sure that the borders are open, and they haven't done anything. Look at everything that happened. 12 years. Where have you been? Where have you been? Welcome back. Last few minutes here of uh, today's broadcast special coverage of the second GOP presidential sort of primary debate out in uh, Simi Valley, California, at the Ronald Reagan Library on Wednesday. Okay, this will, uh, I, I will leave this uh, to you guys. We'll run quickly around the table. We have very little time, so I'll let you uh, decide how you want to answer this. Sort of two separate, similar-ish questions. Uh, we, we're more than a year out, obviously, but presuming that Biden will, in fact, be leading the Democratic ticket next year, I'm wondering who has a better chance of beating him, whether uh, they're actually nominated or not, Trump or virtually any other Republican on that stage on Wednesday night? Actually, let's just go quickly on that one, and then I'll get to the, the second one. Uh, Drift Glass? I don't see anyone on the stage who can beat uh, Biden. Um, maybe uh, Nikki Haley could put up a fight. No, it's but not. I don't see any. It's not who could do it. It's uh, who has a better chance of beating Biden, Trump or anyone else ah. on that stage? Ah, um, Trump. Honestly, I don't see anybody on the stage who can do anything like what Trump can do. Digby? Agreed. I'm with, I'm with Drift Glass. Des? Yeah, I'm with Drift Glass, too. All right. You all three are wrong on that one. And <laughs> What's the right answer? The, uh, right. the right answer is any of those uh, candidates on that stage last night would have a better chance of beating Joe Biden. Except, I hope you're right. Except for Doug Burgum. All right. The, uh, <laughs> New, York, the, the New York Times' uh, Michael Shear he observed last night that the seven people on the stage are collectively polling at 36% together. In national uh, uh, Republican averages, if they were all one person, they would still be losing to Trump by 20 percent. That said, and this is closer to the way uh, uh, Drift Glass asked, answered the previous question, 
was there anybody on that stage at the Ronald Reagan Library on Wednesday who, if the others dropped out and it was a head-to-head contest between them and Trump, could actually make a, a, a dent in Trump's lead if, if America had to, or Republicans in any event, had to choose between the two of them? Uh, Drift Glass? No. 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 Nope. Nope. There's nobody. Donald Trump is the Republican Party, and you can either run at him and lose or get behind him and lose, but there's no way to get around him. <laughs> and you, you don't think you'd have a, a bunch of independents coming back to the party saying, oh, thank God, it's Nikki Haley. I will go ahead and vote for her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. Sure. I guess. All right. Well, I guess I mean, your laughter answers that. Uh, but yeah, Des, I, I would have said Nikki Haley, but now I'm not so sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, which which D are you? Digby, uh, your your thoughts on that? Anybody? Anybody? If it was just one on one with them and Donald Trump might actually be able to make a contest out of it uh, before November. No, I don't see it. I mean, I thought Nikki Haley, too, earlier, but more, you know, in the in the Biden matchup. But against Trump, I don't think I don't think anybody's got a chance against him. He's got it all wrapped up. Once again, they're all brainwashed underestimating Doug Burgum. All right, we have got to get out. My thanks uh, to everyone here today for tolerating this crap for 58 minutes in a row. I really do appreciate it. We had to watch it. the damn thing, I know. too. You know? All right, yeah. so this is only half the time. Stop your whining, Brad. Anyway, uh, we'll be doing it again soon. Uh, my apologies in advance for that. But you can find, uh, in the meantime, Heather Digby-Parton over at her excellent Hullabaloo blog at uh, digbysblog.net. Also, her uh, regular column at Salon, salon.com. And on the site, still known as Twitter, at Digby56. Drift Glass can be found as Mr. Underscore Electrico at the site, still known as uh, Twitter. And uh, uh, and and as he's Drift Glass over at his regular site, his ProLeftPod.com, where you can hear his uh, weekly podcast and much more. Thanks, guys. Thanks, both of you. Thanks again to... As always, to my producer, Desi Doyen, yep. and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, want to listen to it again, or just want to send it to your friend or enemy or Doug Burgum, you can do so at bradblog.com. <laughs> hey, while you're there, please help us stay on your public airwaves with a, uh, a donation of any amount you like. A, a monthly automated donation is the best. Help us to counter the smelly, wet sock of the mainstream <laughs> media you can also go straight to bradblog.com slash donate drop me an email if you like i'm bradcast at bradblog.com on the facebook's mastodons and site still known as twitter i am the brad blog we'll see you there until we see you here next time i'm brad friedman good luck world 